It's not the first, but it's one of the early prophecies concerning the kingdom of God. It's from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us, this is Isaiah prophesying about the future coming of the Messiah. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with justice and judgment from that time forward, even forevermore. It says the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And another ancient prophecy, uh, Daniel prophesied this. He uh, uh, is telling in, in the book he wrote, <clears throat> it says, I was watching in the night visions and behold... One like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. And He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought Him near before Him. So they brought this One to the Ancient of Days. And then to Him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve Him. So even from the Old Testament, okay? A lot of people misunderstand this, but all the way from the beginning, the kingdom of God concerned the whole world. Every nation, every language, every people group. Uh, and His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away. His kingdom, the one which, uh, and His kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And that's uh, kind of, he was interpreting a dream that the uh, Gentile king had had. And so, we learned last week that kingdom means a comprehensive, it's just a concert, uh, comprehensive term for the whole of Jesus' teaching, especially in the New Testament. When you read about the kingdom, and Jesus uses that term constantly throughout the Gospels. Really, when He uses it, it's like, well, that's, that's like the whole of, the whole package. It's kind of like a code word for everything that Christ brings. And it's a kingdom because there are, like a kingdom, there's laws. There's moral obligations, and there are subjects, and those who follow Christ are His subjects. And uh, there's a king, and his name is... Jesus! <laughs> there's a king, and his name is... Jesus! All right, there we go. <laughs> a few, few uh, summary points from last week is that, you know, the kingdom is now and not yet. We're going to get into that a little more. Um, uh, there's there's aspects of it that are that are present reality and aspects that are future to be fulfilled. It is uh, it's not the church, but it's not separate from the church. Uh, nor is the church separate from the kingdom. And the analogy I like best is like churches are are embassies of the kingdom. Uh, they're, they're part they're places or spaces or groups of people uh, wherein the kingdom is expressed. But the kingdom is bigger and greater than that. Uh, but there's not a distinction. Some people make an error and think there's church and then there's kingdom and they're separate. And Listen, the church is the bride of Christ. Okay, <clears throat> We're going to be around forever. So you better get to know one another and maybe you like each other. <laughs> Alright, I want to get into some new stuff. There's key verses to understanding the kingdom of God. All right, and we're going to talk about three different uh, uh, issues or clarifications. And, and one of the first things that is misunderstood about uh, the kingdom is the when question of the kingdom. When is the kingdom of God? Luke chapter 19, verse 11. 
I love this verse. This is so cool. Luke 19.11 says, Jesus was, um, if I remember correctly, he was walking, yeah, he was going into Jerusalem. A bunch of followers were there, and uh, they were listening to his teaching. It says, now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. All right, so picture this. Jesus is walking into Jerusalem. There were at least several thousands of followers, most likely, with him. Certainly a group of hundreds. And he was going into the kingdom. He was teaching about something. And he kind of picked up. He knew that they were misunderstanding and that they were thinking that, like, the kingdom would just appear immediately. Think about that for a minute. All right? (laughs) I mean, what were they really thinking? Like it would just drop out of the sky. Boom. I mean, that's what they were thinking. They were expecting an immediate fulfillment of the kingdom of God. They were expecting, okay, okay, he's almost to Jerusalem. This is it, guys. All right, as soon as he gets to Jerusalem, boom, we win. You know, and, and they actually, they had, some of them had this idea that just the Messiah arriving in the city, like the Romans would go, oh, we give up. <laughs> you know, and this this is crazy. It's just like I mean, the Roman army was so militarily strong at this point, and they they had Jerusalem completely under control. They, you know, troops and yeah, there was upheaval, but uh, compared to uh, the armament and the soldiers, I mean, the Roman Empire was huge and very strong, and yet these people saw Jesus here going into the city, and they thought that like magically. That's what they were thinking. That all of a sudden it would just be, everything would be okay. And Jesus had to clarify this. Uh, 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 he had to, you know, I kind of thought of it as like fast pass theology. How many know what a fast pass is? Oh, come on, really? How many go to Disney World? <laughs> okay, <clears throat> there's this incredible technology that's been developed. <laughs> A fast pass is like if there's a long line to get on a ride, you get a fast pass, okay, and it tells you to come back at 11:30, and you'll you'll be able to get right in at the front of the line, and so maybe that's an hour or two hours from now, and you can go ride other rides or get something to eat, and just come back, and you can get on the most popular rides, and they get more people in that way, and it's really cool. And some people have this fast pass theology. They think that you know it's just like I don't have to wait, I don't have to do anything. It's just boom. Kingdom of God. <clears throat> and Jesus says, wait, you don't, you're not understanding. Even after Jesus died and rose from the dead in Acts chapter 1, it says uh, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. Now this is, here he's talking to, this is after the resurrection, so he's talking to the, the, his core group. It says, when they had come together, they asked him, his disciples, after the resurrection, all right, he was crucified, dead and buried, rose from the dead. Uh, this is right before he ascended into heaven. And they were asking him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they thought, okay, okay, you had to die. We, we deal with that. Rose from the dead. That's pretty spectacular. And, and now, now is it? Is it time you're going you're gonna to make everything all right? And Jesus says, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put into his own authority, but you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There's two things here. Remember, we're talking about the when of the kingdom. 
And, the, and during Jesus' life, they didn't get the win of the kingdom. They didn't understand it, even though he's constantly talking about it. Even after he died and rose from the dead, his followers, his closest disciples, the one he trained personally for three years, they didn't quite understand. They didn't quite understand. They didn't get it at all. All right? They had no concept. <clears throat> and, and really, there's a reason. because there wasn't the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They, didn't, they hadn't experienced it. And there's a correlation between the kingdom, between authority, and between power, all right? And he said, you need to wait into Jerusalem until you have the power, right? Because the kingdom is going to come at the time apportioned by the Father. It's under His authority. It's under the Father's authority. All right, follow along here. Everybody say kingdom, kingdom. Authority. authority, power. Okay, even after the resurrections, the disciples thought that Jesus would establish an earthly kingdom again, like it would just happen. They wanted Him to do it. Alright? Are you going to do it now? But Jesus had a completely different idea. Because He said it was their mission or commission to take the kingdom to the ends of the earth. It was their job to pray it in. And to proclaim it in. You know where the kingdom is? The kingdom is... And when is the kingdom? It's when you pray it in and when you proclaim it in. Alright? Because Jesus sent His disciples to the ends of the earth. Right? To take the kingdom. And He told them to pray it in. Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, remember authority, has been given to Me, Jesus, on heaven and on earth, Go therefore and make disciples in all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we have here the commission of the church. And listen, it's your commission. It's not somebody else's commission. It's not something that somebody else is supposed to do in the church. It's not what YWAM does. It's not what Bill Johnson does or some other spiritual hero you may have. If you're a member of Christ's church, you are the church and this commission is for you to go into the world and preach the kingdom. Alright? Amen? (laughs) It's not like Jesus come and bring the kingdom. Jesus says, this is how the kingdom is going to come is when you go to the earth and preach it to every living creature. It's my job. <clears throat> Why? Because all authority has been given to Jesus over all the earth. And so we walk out in His authority. With Christ's authority, we as disciples have received the power of the Holy Ghost. So we have the power to accomplish the task, to establish the kingdom on earth according to the will of the Father. All right? So when is it supposed to happen? When the Father ordains it. When has the Father ordained it? Well, we are, it's under His authority. Christ says the authority has been given to me, and in that authority I have sent you to establish the kingdom. So when is the kingdom supposed to be established? Now! Alright? Now! 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 When? Now! now. 
So if you're waiting for Christ to come and establish a kingdom, you're making the same mistake that the followers of Jesus were making when He was going into Jerusalem thinking it would just drop out of the sky and everything would be right. If you're waiting for Christ to come and establish the kingdom, you're making the same mistake that disciples made in Acts when they asked them, are you going to now restore the kingdom of Israel? You're making the same mistake. Because the kingdom is not some, you know, there is, again, this is that, that intertwining of now and not yet, in that there will be complete fulfillment. Listen, there will be a day when it's done. When the kingdom will be established. When, when options are no longer available. When Christ returns. Okay? Between now and then is when the kingdom is established. Does that make sense? His rule and authority. We have the power through the Holy Spirit and the authority in His name to proclaim into existence the kingdom, the reign of Christ into every man, woman, and child on planet earth. But we need to accept it. Is that something that is our commission to fulfill? Second thing that people often misunderstand in addition to the when of the kingdom. So the when is... You guys didn't sound too sure about that. You know, I was thinking, I was listening to a message, and uh, I've been doing something differently. I I listen to a bunch of podcasts now. I try to get in a a sermon a day or sometimes two sermons a day. I follow a few different people. I was thinking, you know, a lot of stuff that really ministers to me is on a level of spirituality that uh, maybe some people don't get. I, I just wonder, you know, like, am I completely separated from reality <laughs> you ever have that it's the only way to survive is separate from reality <clears throat> but to me like this is really practical okay it's like when is the kingdom of god now when are we supposed to experience the kingship, the lordship of Jesus Christ? When are we supposed to see Christ lifted up and preached to every nation and tribe and uh, people group? And that means your neighbor and the people on the block down the street and the people over in the other neighborhood in town. When? Now! See, if we don't believe that, we're not going to act on it. So this is how I'm trying to get practical. It's now. <clears throat> Another misunderstanding about the kingdom is Where? Well, where is the kingdom? I can't. I punch it into my GPS and Luke seventeen twenty. <laughs> now, when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, because they were always asking, "When is it going to happen? When is it going to happen?" He answered, "This is this is great." Jesus, uh, Jesus answers. He, he never answers the question directly. <clears throat> <laughs> I, w- I was thinking of that, but I wasn't going to say <laughs> Just like my wife, it never answers the question directly. I'm sorry. We're having a little argument here. <laughs> i got to hurry, man. i got ten minutes. She's being Christ-like. Half of you going... Half, three quarters of you going, what is he talking about? <laughs> okay, the, the Pharisees are like, when... Well, we already answered the question of when. And Jesus answers it with a where. As opposed to when. He says, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, See here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. 
Yeah. Boom. Well, this is what they did. <laughs> because it was not what they were expecting. And that was a problem. He's going, what you're expecting is whacked. You're not getting it, folks. And this word observation is kind of interesting. One of the dictionaries I use, apparently it was an astronomical term uh, denoting a manifestation in the physical heavens. Of course, in that day and today, even, you're always looking for a sign. You know, this is going to happen. People write books and make lots of money, maybe, I don't know, uh, about, you know, 2012, right? The world's going to end, or this is going to happen. 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. You know? 89 reasons why he's going to come back in 1989. And, and then, oops, I was really wrong. <laughs> and he says, listen, you're not going to see it. You're not going to find the kingdom of God through observation, like figuring it out. It's, you're just not going to get it because the kingdom's in you. Another place in Matthew 24, it says, Jesus said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come saying in my name, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. You will hear, uh, uh, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. It amazes me how many Christians get all troubled about wars and rumors of wars and earthquake and pestilence when the whole point of the chapter was when you hear about all that stuff is don't worry about it because that doesn't have, that, the end is not yet. Okay, I know. And people write countless books and all kinds of Christians preach about how that's, those are the signs of the times. And Jesus says after every one of those, those are not signs of the end. And they're not come. Don't worry about it. <coughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know why people keep preaching that because it's like they missed the point. of the. I, so you can, you, you can study that. And then he, he concludes with the kingdom of God is within you. You are carriers of the kingdom. Where is the kingdom of God? Wherever you are. Right? John 18, verse 36 says, My kingdom is not of this world. He's answering the Roman... uh, He was on trial at this point. He says, If my kingdom were of of this world, my servants would fight, so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Another place in Luke chapter 10. Listen, the kingdom of God is where... God's kingdom is made known or manifest. Luke 10, 9, uh, I'm sorry, Luke 10, verse 9. He's commissioning, <clears throat> he's teaching uh, um, his disciples. says, and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Okay, so he sends out the, uh, his disciples to preach about uh, his kingdom and heal sick people. And when people get healed, say the kingdom of God has come near you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out uh, into its street and say, the very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. How did it come near? Because the disciples were there and the kingdom was within them. And where the kingdom was, there was power to heal. Jesus said, if I cast out a demon by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. All right? So the manifestation of power is present. That equals the kingdom. It's not something from the outside. It's something that that happens in us. 
And wherever we go, we bear that. We are ambassadors, ambassadors of Christ. So wherever we go, we carry kingdom authority and kingdom power. All right? Do you believe that? I challenge you that you don't believe that. Okay? I don't believe that. All right? I believe it here, but there's a level I need to go deeper. I need to see the, I call the kingdom forth. Are you hearing me? Because I believe that I, if I truly walked into that, that would dictate my behavior in every circumstance, in every moment. That I carried the kingdom. I am the carrier of the kingdom. My life, your life. So where is the kingdom? Huh? In us. Third question is, what is the kingdom? What, what, what do you mean then? What, what is the kingdom? If it's not some outside uh, political uh, you know, upheaval, it's something inside, but it affects what's outside. We're supposed to proclaim it to the world. Well, what are you talking about? Romans fourteen seventeen it says the kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. It means we have to fast. No, <laughs> it's not. It's not, not about what you eat or what you drink. It's about righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. I love There's some two different commentaries you can read from. One is the JFB commentary. It says, Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. A beautiful and comprehensive division of living Christianity. The first righteousness has respect to God, denoting rectitude or being made right in the widest sense. Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So the key point is, what is the kingdom about? It's about righteousness, about being made right. Second, peace has respect to our neighbors, denoting concord or accord among brethren. Read about this in Colossians chapter 3. It says, Let the peace of God rule in your heart. Man, if we could get this, if God's peace could be at rule in our heart, counselors would go out of business. <laughs> you know, God's peace rule in our heart, to which we were also called to one body and be thankful. Ephesians chapter 4 says, Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of your calling which you were called with all lowliness and gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So the kingdom is righteousness uh, before God and peace within ourselves and with one another. And the third, I love this, it says, joy in the Holy Ghost has respect to ourselves. First one has respect to God. Uh, uh, righteousness. The second one has respect to others and that we are at peace. And the third one has respect to ourselves. John or not, you know, uh, I heard him once say, and this was almost two years ago, he said, everybody was like <clears throat> saying, uh, uh, you know, we're concerned about losing the anointing. We realize it's not about us. It's about reaching the world. And he said, well, wait a minute. He said, it is about you. 
And I didn't, I didn't repeat that for a year because I had to think about it. <clears throat> I said, well, I'm like, wait a minute. You can't say it's about me. It's about me. I can't say it, it being, <laughs> you know, church or Holy Ghost or what God's doing. How could I say it's about me? It's not about me. It's about regional loss. You know, it's about serving God. And, and he said, you know, Jesus didn't come for Jesus' sake. God didn't send Jesus for God's sake. Jesus came and died on the cross for your sake, for my sake. And so, you know, we need to receive the joy of the Holy Spirit. And that's for us. You know, a, a big part of it. And, and, and you're not going to be... In, this is what John and I said. He says, if you don't get this part... He's talked about it many times. I've heard him since then. You know, if, if we don't get this part, we're not going to be very good evangelists. <laughs> Come suffer with us! You know? <laughs> I mean, the church tried that for a few hundred years. It didn't work. <laughs> Some people still do it. All right. So, as respect to ourselves, the phrase, join the Holy Ghost represents Christians as so thinking and feeling under the working of the Holy Ghost that their joy may be viewed rather as that of the blessed agent who inspires it than their own. Now, that's a very kind of cool way to express that. It's like joy that takes over. Okay? That is not my joy. But it's supernatural joy. This was like an old guy wrote this 100, 150 years ago. All right? You know, he'd never heard of Toronto and falling down and getting blasted. And that's what we're talking about now. Right? This is the experience that's available now is getting blasted with the Holy Spirit or being so drunk in the Holy Spirit that you lose control. Well, listen, this is biblical. This is joy in the Holy Ghost. This is a joy that comes not from my own being, my own state, my own mental uh, appraisal of things, but just an overwhelming flow of joy that comes. All right? Not because of any, in spite of who I am and what I am and what's happening in my life, but because of who He is and that He dwells in me and that the kingdom's within me, the Holy Spirit's within me. I felt, I felt that once. I felt it once. It was. I was like, "Wow, oh, it's the Holy Ghost." It was. It was cool. <laughs> He's available. First Thessalonians uh, chapter one, verse five. It says, "For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, in and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance." as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sakes. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to those in Macedonia and Achaia. All right? So there's power that brings joy, but also character. All right? It's not about what we eat or drink. It's about righteousness, peace, and joy. Here's another quote from uh, another commentator It says, uh, concerning the joy of the Holy Spirit, it says, it is happiness. Everybody say happiness. Happiness Happiness brought into the soul by the Holy Spirit and maintained there by the same influence. Happiness! Happiness! Where is the kingdom? What is the kingdom about? It's about being happy. Being joyful. Being righteous. Being righteous and happy. <laughs> See? See, we don't, we don't understand things. Righteousness actually brings incredible joy and happiness. 
It's unrighteousness that brings sadness and depression. Trust me, if you've got one, you've got the other. You just haven't found the link. Are you hearing me? This is all, what we're talking about is what Bill Johnson constantly talks about. Heaven on earth. Heaven on earth. The kingdom on earth is now. It's in us. And as it's righteousness, peace, and joy. Another, another thing it is, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it says the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Jesus said, wait into Jerusalem until you receive what? Power. Okay? So, <clears throat> righteousness, peace, and joy has to do with our character. Ooh, i got to use red. Our character, right? Would that be a good word to describe righteousness, peace, and joy? Yes, no, maybe so. Yes! Righteousness, peace, joy. That's our character. It's who we are. But it also is about power. The kingdom of God is not uh, uh, in word only, but in power. And the Holy Spirit comes on us with power to to accomplish that uh, work of God, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, and uh, to live in righteousness. <clears throat> Oops. Inherent power. <clears throat> says, uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, says, My speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, uh, um, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Okay? So it's not just having the right argument. It's having the kingdom within us that is demonstrated through righteousness, peace, and joy that we're righteous people. We're people at peace and we're filled with joy. But we also have power to influence our circumstances. And I I didn't write this this way by accident. I believe... um, Actually, I guess maybe I did. (laughs) Well, there's a correlation. Let's just do it this way. Between character and power. You need both. And if you have, you can walk in a measure of power, and if you don't have character, you'll crash. Okay? But listen, God also calls us to have, in our character, have power. Because that's the ultimate manifest. There's really a lot of really nice Christians that don't get anything done. Alright? They have lots of talents, but they bury them in the ground. Jesus says you need to light the light and put it on a hill. All right. So there needs it's it's one divides the other, or multiplies the other, depending on how you you know if you lack one, where you lack in one, it will erode the other. Does that make sense? Are you following me? The kingdom of God is both. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not in word only, but it's in power. Would you stand? We're just gonna. I want to close this with prayer, and then turn it over to Sarah. Just say, kingdom come will be done in my life now. Amen. You may be seated. Sarah. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. What a lovely church we have. I'd like to welcome any guests that are here with us today. If you are a a guest... Please fill out this connection card that's attached to your bulletin that you got when you walked in the door and bring it to the connection counter in the back. We have a gift for you. You know, sometimes people can be worried about gifts that they might get in situations like these, but this is a good one. You're not going to get an ugly mug, you know. You're not going to get... 
You're going to get a Starbucks or Panera gift card from us because we want to thank you for coming, something you can use, something that is functional and feeds your belly. All right.